Hi guys, welcome to this week's podcast and I am delighted to say I am joined by Michael Flynn, otherwise known as Mattress Mick. Now in the podcast, Mattress Mick is obviously going to talk about how he became Mattress Mick, his childhood, his failures and success and also his plans for the future. So have a listen and I hope you enjoy it. This is the Jer Conroy Fitness Podcast. Podcast. For more, see jerconroy.ie. Michael Flynn, otherwise known as Mattress Mick. Welcome to the Jer Conroy Fitness Podcast. Thank you, Jer. Thank you very much for having me here today. Oh, thank you for coming. I really do appreciate it. I, I'm delighted to be able to bring you inside the gym now as well. Obviously, we've been trying to do this for a while, but Zoom, Zoom isn't as good as in person. No, I don't like the Zoom concept whatsoever i would much prefer to be face to face yeah with somebody i'm speaking to you can't beat it and anyway i always want to see what the inside of a gym is like <laughs> well now you have it I, no. I could certainly do with becoming a member but uh, well look i'm not letting you out here today until we do a workout <laughs> <laughs> no, that lock happen. the doors that won't happen <laughs> um look obviously i, I said for me otherwise known as mattress mick yes. but before we get to mattress mick i'm really excited to, to hear your whole story so can we just kind of talk and you talk about your your beginning of all of this and how we led to mattress mick sure um i'm going to go back as far as my school days yeah it's very yeah. quickly um i went to sing street school i did my leaving cert and i got very very poor marks in my leaving cert so when I left school, I tried to get a job. And I had great difficulty getting a job because my family lived in Pier Street. Now, Pier Street wasn't a great area to be living in. And particularly if you were trying to get a job in a, a financial institution or in a business. Okay. It just wasn't accepted. But I was very, very lucky. I came across an ad in a paper, in one of the papers, for a... It was from a bank looking for a, a, a guy to work in the, we say, post room. So anyway, I applied for it. And it was a company called the Royal Trust Company, and they were based in Dawson Street. So I went for the interview, and I spoke to the managing director there, a guy called Brian Doyle, who, by the way, just passed away recently. But up to the time he passed, we were very, very good friends. We kept up our relationship. Yeah. But he took a view on me and gave me a job. He actually, I think, liked me, or else felt sorry for me. I'm not too <laughs> sure. But he gave me a job in the Royal Trust. And I eventually ended up being a money dealer. That's buying and selling other people's money for okay. the bank. Now, the main purpose of the bank was to look after pension funds and to look after people who had plenty of money, who had money in trusts and stuff. Hence the name, Royal Trust. Mm. They were a Canadian uh, bank. Anyway, I got the job, and I liked it, and they liked me. But my father and mother had a business in Pier Street. This is why we were living in Pier Street, and there was a house behind the shop. Now, my father passed away when I was uh, 18, 19. So my mother continued to run the business. Now, I was working in the bank. I continued to work in the bank for quite a while. Yeah. But I got... My whole family were always self-employed, and I had this grow to be self-employed. Yeah. So... I started taking an interest in the shop, and I eventually, I was still in the bank, mind you, I got a stall, first of all, in the dandelion market. I don't know if anybody remembers the dandelion market up in St. Stephen's Green. Very good. And I would do that at the weekends, and I made quite a lot of money out of it. And in fact, I made enough money to buy my first car. Brilliant. Which was a Mini 850. The registration, <laughs> CSEDU 221. I'll never you, forget you it. never forget it. Never forget, forget it. it. So I managed to buy the car, pay for it, brand new, from the proceeds of the market. I still had the job in the bank. Then I was looking, I was getting a bit restless, more restless. So one day I was in the shop or standing at the shop and it was a drapery store and the drapery business was dying because of the ad advent of pennies, done stores. Yeah. The local drapery store was dying and I could see this happening. We, like, we were haberdashery, wool, basically nickels and nylons, anything yeah. you wanted. Of course. For the... Uh, the person. So I was one day standing at the store and I saw somebody getting off the bus with a, a, a bedside locker. I said to myself, why did I have to go into town to buy a bedside locker? Yeah. And our store was quite big. So I started thinking about furniture. So I eventually developed, uh, my mother and myself, because my father had passed, went 
I spoke to her and we agreed we'd try and develop a little furniture business. So we found some suppliers and we put the furniture into the store and it worked. Brilliant. It really worked. It was just by accident, really, that it happened. Yeah. And uh, we were trading there for quite a while as a furniture store and then I noticed a new bottle gas company came on board called Airgas. Now there was already Cozen Gas there and Airgas was a competitor to Cozen Gas. So I applied for a dealership, which I got. Excellent. Yeah, I was great. And what I did was, I did a little bit different. I offered a delivery service around Dublin. And even more different than that, I had a two-way radio system installed. I remember buying it from a company called Pi Telecommunications. (laughs) They were out in Buddhistown or somewhere like that. So we had a walkie-talkie situation between the shop and the vans. Brilliant. And the business just boomed. We were selling superstars to beat the band. We were selling cookers and delivering up to 30,000 gas cylinders a year. Because at that time, everybody had a superstar. Everybody used bottled gas to cook and to heat. Well, not everybody, but so a lot of people. So it was in demand. It was very much in demand, in demand. And it was great. It turned out to be a fantastic business for me. So being what I was, always ambitious, I opened another furniture shop. It was going well. The gas was going well. And I opened a furniture store in the old Dockrell's building in Georgia Street. Pat Quinn, the famous Pat Quinn, yeah. took it over. <laughs> and he put it into little separate units. It was the, kind of, uh, the first kind of shopping centre, I think, that I'd come across. Yeah. So I took a unit off him, and it went exceptionally well. It was only a short term, like a pop-up thing. But it worked. So it gave me more money to spend. Keep going, yeah. But... I also then went to another location in Prussia Street. There's a shopping centre in Prussia Street. And in fact, I opened a very lovely shop there. It was an upstairs building, uh, unit in the shopping centre. Again, I just took a short lease on it. It worked, but I was in and out. Yeah. You know, I wasn't long term. Now, at that time, I noticed in Ring's End, there was no grocery store. Because Pier Street and Ring's End are quite side by side. So an opportunity was put my way to open a Mace branded shop. Brilliant. In 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 Rings End. So I negotiated a lease at number eighteen Bridge Street in Rings End, directly opposite the church in Rings End, and I went in there and opened a Mace branded store. Now it was great. It took off like a, a rocket because it was the first store of its type in Rings End where it had open shelving People could pick off the shelves. It wasn't over-the-counter service. Of course, yeah. And it was new at the time in that area. And it went very, very well. Now, I was making a lot of money. I was doing great. But I was also spending a lot of money. Like, I went out. I was enjoying myself. I went to (laughs) Leeson Leeson Street. It was happening. Nightclubs were happening and everything else. But I was still in control. Yeah. But I got a bit greedy. I opened another Mace store in Pier Street. So I had two of them, I had my furniture business, and I had, well, the dandelion market I'd stopped doing. Okay. But things were going great, going out, enjoying myself, living the life. But I took my eye off the ball. I really did, and I will admit it. In what way? Well, in, particularly on the May stores, like, it was very easy to get pilfered. It was very easy to get robbed because, you know, people would come in. There was no barcoding. There was no... Yeah, yeah. It was just straight over the counter into the till. And I took my eye off the ball. And things went wrong. I ended up in a bit of financial difficulty. And I, in my heyday, or say my, that heyday, I'd bought a house in Sandy Mount as well for my mother, myself, and my sister Mary. Yeah. And uh, so we had the shop in Pier Street, the, the, the furniture store in Pier Street. We had the mace shops, but the mace shops really, really collapsed on me. And I ended up owing quite a lot of money. There's a lot more to it, but I just yeah, don't have the time to go into it all. I had the house in Sandy Mount with a mortgage. I had the problems with the May store. So I eventually closed the May stores. But before I closed the May stores, and I owed quite a lot of money, and I was in a bit of trouble with the bank as regards the mortgage as yeah. well. So I did a deal with all the people I owed money to, and I said I'd sell my house in Sandy Mount and clear you off. But 
whatever I get, whatever you get, I don't want any follow-on. Like if I owed you 10 grand, you'd get 10 grand. Or if I only had eight out of the, the pot, you take the eight and I walk away. Yeah. Selling my family home, which is a big thing to do. It must have been tough. It was hard, yeah. But just to go back a stage, before all this happened, my mother also passed away. And she had been living in the house in Sandy Mount, so it wasn't as if I was evicting her. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got myself into trouble. I said what I do, and I did it. So my sister and myself, we sold the house, cleared up all the liabilities from the grocery trade, but we still had the furniture shop in Pier Street. Yeah. Again, a lucky break. I got word that there was a unit available in the Northside Shopping Centre. Like, I'm a fighter. I might fail, but I'm not a failure. Yeah, I, I know this from, from knowing you the past yeah. number of years now. I can see that. Yeah, and I never give up. Like, I, I keep fighting my corner. So I got a lease in the Northside Shopping Centre. I got it to the back door. I used somebody else to get the lease. Anyway, it's yeah, a, yeah. that's a long time ago. <laughs> so that worked very, very well for me, the Northside. And I was up there for 26 years. Brilliant. And during that time, I also opened a store in the Dunham Mead Shopping Centre. Selling yeah. furniture, beds, everything. So basically that's a quick uh, summary of my history up to the Northside Shopping Centre. Yeah. So in 2008-09, things got a bit rough up yeah. in the shopping centre. The recession had hit. Yeah. I got myself again. The rents were very high. The service charges were very high. Mm. And I just couldn't keep going. Now, I still had Pier Street, mind you. Yeah. So I decided... and. I would liquidate my company, Northside Furniture Limited, because it was just very difficult. Mm. And it was a very difficult decision to make, to liquidate. Of course. Like I was, I was, I'm a proud kind of guy, and you hate letting your suppliers down. Your suppliers were not only your suppliers, but they were your friends. And at that time, you got credit. Like, you'd have 30 yeah, days course. to 60 days credit. So anyway, I called a creditors' meeting, and uh, a proper creditors' meeting. I just, just didn't close the door, and uh, I sat there, and it was very, very hard. We had the meeting in the um, hotel there in North Strand. Um, it's called a address now. I think it's called it be the Royal, the North Star Hotel. Okay. That's where we had the creditors' meeting, and it was dreadful sitting there with all your people you owed a few quid to. Having to answer questions, but anyway, we got through it. But at least you did that. I like, did there's it. different ways of doing it, and not a lot of people probably would have done that. There's two ways of doing it. Like, you wanted to kind of sit there and talk to them and explain things and and put a plan in place. I did. Yeah, I just didn't want to. Uh, I was very embarrassed about the thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't plan it because I was in business all my life. It wasn't a situation where you set up a business to get people's money and then walk course, away. Yeah. Uh, I was quite passionate about it. But anyhow, I had Pier Street still. That was outside the liquidation. And I had another unit, a warehouse facility in the Kulak Industrial Estate, mm. which wasn't part of my company. It was I had the lease in my own name. So I had the two assets were the warehouse in Kulak and Pier Street. So one of my, ex, one of my staff took over the shop in the Northside Shopping Centre, which I was a bit sad about you know like yeah. I, he worked with me and then he went in and he saw the opportunity and he course he yeah. took it well and he's doing very well i get on very well with his name is jerry i get on very well with him now but i just at the time it was a bit difficult yeah and you walk in there and a few years later that's the carpet i paid for and that's the shelving i put up yeah, it's not yeah. nice of course but anyway at the time i could not see any light but again the spark came mm. what do i do now mattress maker michael flynn yeah this is where the mattress mick now happens. Okay. I was, I looked at my business and I saw that most of the products we were selling were beds and bedroom furniture. Mm. We also, at that time, in the Northside furniture business, did suites of furniture, coffee tables, kitchen stuff. But the main seller was beds. And I looked around and there was no dedicated bed shop in Dublin. Yeah. No shop specialising in beds. Now, I had no money. I was rock bottom at this stage, except I had the Pier Street and I had, I had, I had the Kulak Warehouse. So what I did it was I converted the Kulak Warehouse into a semi-showroom. You know, I, I had some stock and I spoke to some of my suppliers, the friendly ones, 
yeah. I dealt with. And I got support from some of them. And to this day, like, the guys who worked with me are really benefiting yeah. from the success of Mattress Mick. The guys who didn't are the losers. Yeah. And I think people, and I learned it way, way back, when you're down, it's hard to get up. People don't want you to get up. They want yeah. you to, to see it tumble. Yeah. Stay humble, whatever. They, they, they say that. People yeah, it's like to see you do well, but they, they enjoy it more to see you falling. Some people, yeah. some people. Yeah. Anyhow, one night I was having a pint in the yacht pub in Clontarf, and this fella comes up to me and says, Hello, are you Mick Flynn? And I said, I am. And he said, Well, my name is Paul Kelly. I said, uh, Okay, Paul, how are you? He said, I know you from a long way back. I used to pass the shop in Pure Street all the time and I'd see you standing there and you know, I see the activity. And I said, well, I told him briefly my story and he, he turned out to be a guy who had his own little business called Shoot Audition. And what he would do is, if you were an inspiring actor or actress, he would do a video of you. And you could then take that away and send it into the film companies or yeah. into any of these agencies. So he was down on his look as well, he was having difficulty in his business because we were like the whole country was nearly suffering at that time. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad time for the so country. We kind of hit it off very, very well, and I told him what I was planning. So we came up with the idea between us of the betting business. I explained what I wanted to do. I was looking for a name, and I said, "Right, I can call myself Mixed Mattresses, Mattress Mick, Mickey's Mattresses, all different things." But yeah. Mattress Mick was the one that stuck out. So we decided on Mattress Mick. Now, I had to get it out there, and I had no money to get it out there. So so this was like almost a rebranding of Michael Flynn. That's correct, yeah. Um, and what happened was, I got my hand, I had an idea. I went on, online, and I thought I was very good online, and that's 12 years ago, there wasn't much there. I just got one idea of what I called guerrilla marketing. Yeah. I got these uh, curry board posters. I got eight by four sheets and I cut them into eight. Well, uh, the printer did for me. So we got, we got eight two by two signs from an eight by four yeah. sheet. We put them all over Dublin. Myself and Paul Kelly and one other lad. And we just stuck them anywhere. We didn't care where they went. <laughs> they were did you get yellow into trouble for red. that? What? Did you get into trouble for I'll that? I'll come to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come to that in a minute. <laughs> we put them literally everywhere, on shops that were derelict, on traffic light poles, on the yeah. islands in the middle of the road. I just Brilliant. did not care. Mm. I didn't care. And a friend of mine had taken this picture of me, and I still use it, me standing up with my hand out. It's a picture that we use in all of my advertising. It's on my vans. Yeah. It's everywhere. And I had a, a green shirt, a, a blazer, and a pair of... Uh, beige trousers and I use that picture to this day and that was taken purely by accident yeah. so we put that picture on the posters but before before we made up our mind to do that we had we thought should I use an actor for a mattress mick or should I use a cartoon for a mattress mick or could I use myself now I was the cheapest <laughs> <laughs> and I do look a bit funny like I have long hair <laughs> I wear high heel shoes. Uh, I'm still in this, the 60s mode, if you know what I mean. And I look a bit different. So we decided we'd use me as Very the, good. the front for Mattress Mick. But it was a decision we thought about, whether it would be an actor or a cartoon. Anyway, it was better to use me. Now, and was uh, that solely for financial reasons? or? Well, no, we just thought it would be the best option. Would it be more personalised as well? Yes, and I could interact with people. And I'm Very good at interacting yeah, with people. Yeah. So we put the posters out all over the place and it began to work. Sales began to come in to the shop. Uh, people were noticing the signs. <laughs> and in, o in 07, I started a small little taxi business. Now this, the reason I have to go back to this is to explain yeah, yeah. another thing to you. Um, I needed to buy a new car and I found it very hard to justify buying a car to drive from Clontarf to Coolock. Mm. So what I did was I applied for my own taxi license, my PSV license. I said, what I'll do is 
I'll buy the new car, I'll put a taxi plate on it, and I can always make a few quid. Brilliant. That way. So I managed to buy a Skoda Octavia, brand new, 073-1499 is the regular. I still have it. And I got a taxi plate, put it on it, and I started doing a little bit of taxiing as well. This is between 07 and 09. Yeah. Now, I still... What happened then was, one day I was in the store in Coolock at the warehouse, and a fellow came to me and he said, would you know anybody who'd rent a taxi to me? You know, I started to think, why do I not rent the one I have mm. to this fellow? And the rate at that time was around 250 euro a week. Yeah. So he took it. And out of that 250 a week, I bought another one. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I had the little taxi business growing in the background all the time. Excellent. And it kept me going. I ended up with 28 taxis Jesus. at one stage. Now, the reason why I didn't mention that before now is because it falls into place later down the road. Yeah. Okay? What I, what I did with it. So, anyway, we got the mattress make thing going. People started buying mattresses. And we were very fortunate. We put a big sign up at the Five Lamps in the North Strand. We put a big 16 by 16 poster. There was uh, three black poles there, and they were used to advertise in a, a proposed apartment building that was being built down in Sheriff Street or somewhere. Yeah. And they were never used. So I couldn't find the owner of this site. I couldn't find who it was to ask us permission to put the yeah. signs up. So one night we went down and we put them up. We just say it was a Tuesday night. That's one way of finding out who On Wednesday it. morning, he was said to me. But it was a fantastic site. Really yeah. fantastic. The Five Lamps, directly opposite the Five Lamps. There's a big apartment block there now at the moment that has been built. Yeah, yeah. But I was very fortunate... Um, Two things happened. Stephen Fry, the famous um, English yeah. um, person, personality, was in Dublin and saw my posters, and he tweeted about us. Very good. And that went viral. That went actually all over the place. Stephen Fry saw Mattress Mick and whatever. Who is Mattress yeah. Mick? What is Mattress Mick? Lovely. So we responded by offering him a free mattress. But he never, he never took it up. But he was in Ireland doing some kind of film. But... Also, a personality, or a, or sorry, a researcher from RTE saw the sign, and they needed a, a prop for a show called The Wagon's Den. And they asked me to come along to carry a mattress in. So I got a great bit of publicity out of that. Very good. So things began to happen. Yeah. You know, things began to move in the right direction. The brand was getting stronger, and it, it was fantastic. People were coming up to me, are you Mattress Mick? Are you Mattress Mick? And Lovely. it was great. And when they come into the shop, uh, I also got these cardboard cutouts of myself. I got 20 of them printed. And they were 50 quid each. So I yeah. got I have them all around the shop. So people would come into the shop and they wouldn't know whether it was real me or whether... <laughs> anyway, it worked. And they'd come, into, they'd come up and they'd want to meet me and they'd talk to me. So things grew and developed. Um... I got more uh, interest then from RTE. Joe Duffy had me on a show yeah. for a topical to do with mattresses. I was just getting out there. Then there was a video done about us called Back With A Bang. It was a video that we, we produced ourselves. It was a um, super success on YouTube. It's had over, yeah. I think, a quarter of a million views. And the song, and I, I can't sing, but I did the song, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back with a bang. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back with a bang. The, the undisputed king of mattress land. Where, where mattressy people drive mattressy cars. I'll fly my mattress rocket to the mattressy stars. You know, I remember it. I remember you remember that, that yeah? yeah? we do. And we recorded that out here in Fingless, or in Fingless area. And it was just blown away. And that was a small budget movie. Yeah. We had a DeLorean car, we had dancers, we had me singing, <laughs> and we were out in the rights venue. We got great, great feedback from it. Yeah. And I even get kids coming up to me on the street now. He's back. There he is. He's back with a bang. Yeah. And it's fantastic. That's fantastic, yeah. So... The next thing that happened was uh, a film company asked us to do a documentary, a 10-minute documentary about us, yeah. and a guy called Colin Quinn. And I said, okay, no worries, 10 minutes of filming is not going to be hard work. 
But it took, as the thing grew, they kept filming. So they were filming for nearly a year and a half. Jesus. Because I was getting more publicity. I was attending christenings. I was actually at a wedding. You know, the as bride loved the me. So the, like yeah, so the bride loved me. So the groom asked me, would I come to the wedding? Uh, that kind good. of thing. So there's just so much content. Yeah. So that's why they kept rolling with it. That's why they kept rolling, because it was grown, grown, that. grown all the time. And uh, the, the documentary was done, and it, it was an hour and a quarter documentary about my, me, about Paul Kelly, about how we created the Mattress Mick, the problems and the conflicts, because everything didn't go always very smoothly yeah. with Paul. We'd have our own differences. And Paul, I don't know if you've seen the film or not, but there's a few very difficult pieces in it where Paul went a bit funny, I had to make certain decisions whether to keep him or let him go. It was, it, it, it was difficult, yeah. but it was all recorded. It was and good it was, that it was recorded as well, though, and, and it shows that it, life isn't always roses. Like. It's not, and I thought Paul was very brave in allowing, first of all, the cameras into his home, mm-hmm. which he did do. I didn't let it into my home, but he did, and he was very open and honest. And I think that this is what made the doc- documentary such a success. Of course, because it is more, it was more personal. Yeah. So it actually was nominated for a NIFTA award yeah. and actually won it mm. for the best documentary of 2017. Fantastic. I think it was 17. Excuse me if I'm wrong. Anyway, <laughs> it was a fantastic evening in the Mansion House. We, we were called up, we, M- Miriam O'Callaghan yeah. was doing the show and she, and Mattress Man is the winner. We were blown away, Fantastic. absolutely blown away. So it was premiered then over in Toronto at a film festival called the Hot Docs Festival. And we all went over, courtesy of the film company. And we had a fantastic week in Toronto. Yeah. This film was shown at, at, at various theatres. We were on the streets of Toronto, going around dressed as a mattress, doing everything. <laughs> uh, I was just... But the publicity, I've seen the images, that, brilliant. The publicity that created got the brand more recognised, more identifiable. And the more you're on the radio, people listening to you on the radio, the more people have a trust in you. They don't mind buying from you because they feel they know you. Mm. And this is how I think by talking to like Joe Duffy and these other people on the radio, and uh, it helps to build consumer confidence in me and in what I do. Mm. And I think this helped strengthen the brand. Like, comp- our competitors would be much bigger organisations yeah. than I would be, and I'm not going to mention them because I don't, don't want to yeah, advertise them. <laughs> but you come across, obviously, you're letting people see who you are, your personality, you're a nice person, you're a grafter, yeah. and you're just trying to do it for, for to support your family, like, and, and just to kind of make a living out of it. And, and that's all I want to you're do. You're just one of, one of us, like, you know? Yeah, I'm not interested in um, having flashy cars or anything. I drive a Skoda, an online Skoda. Mm. I don't care. I don't need a 211 BMW. Yeah. Um, I'd rather buy a new van than buy a new car. Of course, yeah. Um, now, our website then was also getting stronger, so we were getting more business from outside the Dublin area. Well, things really fell into place very, very nicely. Then what happened, Apollo House came along. And I got very active in Apollo House. That was the homeless situation in uh, 2015, 2016. And um, we put in some mattresses into that, um, just put them in. Because I had a good, great year, I could afford to do it, things were going right, and I loved doing it. And I loved the whole journey of Apollo House, yeah. meeting up with the, uh, first of all, the homeless people, then the other people who were involved in it, there was a Dean Scurry, Glenn Hansard, Coldline, all those bands and people and personalities were all there. They're just normal guys like you and me. Yeah. They're no different when you get to know them. Yeah, of course. And it was great, and we're still all friends, we still have this WhatsApp group and we still oh. talk on it, and um, it was a great journey. And it was great to give something back from after coming back from with nothing, yeah. to achieving something and then be able to give it back. And I still do quite a lot with the homeless. It's one of my pet um, projects, yeah. is the homeless. And I love helping people. I really enjoy it. And um, I don't do it for recognition. I just do it for my own satisfaction. Of course, yeah. And that's really, really nice. 
So the brand was getting stronger and stronger. And what I did was then I registered Mattress Mick as a trademark. Um, I registered as a trademark in Ireland and in the UK and part of Europe. And I, I got to the stage in my life now where I didn't want any more shops myself. I didn't want any more leases or I didn't want any more commitments. So I decided, and I gave this a lot of thought, to, to give other retailers a license to trade as Mattress Mick. Because yeah. I felt confident that the brand was recognised the turnover in our stores was going up and up. Um, and people had approached me quietly. And I considered that. And I thought about it. And I said, why not? Yeah. So we opened our first uh, licensed store in the Nace Road. It's beside Woody's there in the Nace Road. <coughs> yeah, I know. We also had one in Tyrrellstown, which is not too far from here. That yeah. didn't work. It was too small a store. And it was, Tyrrellstown's kind of like a... There's no, it's a destination. Yeah. And then um, where Drawdar, the Nace Road, people are traveling all the time. Of course, yeah. So we opened then in Drawdar, and uh, at the moment now we've Waterford, Carlo, Ross Gray, and three more in the pipeline. Brilliant. And that is the way I want to extend the brand. Yeah. Uh, I visit the stores frequently, and I love going down there. The people come to see me. Again, a lot of them don't even believe I exist. <laughs> yeah, you always say, look on your social media. Yeah. You're always in all the different stores. Yeah. So you're, you're not just giving them the license, you're supporting them as well. Well, that's like, part of the deal. Of course, see, yeah. You that's know, important I, that you're always there as well because yeah. and, and you care. And you're giving other people a chance as well to be successful. And you're very honoured that I'm here today. Yeah. Because I should be in Ross Gray. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You'd rather be here though. Absolutely, nah, I yeah. I know, but look, that's, that's it. Like, you, you do... You're everywhere, Mick, you know. You're absolutely everywhere. Well, this is the plan, and it's, it's growing at its own pace. You know, I, I can still push it, but it moves itself. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting in it. I've got the, the, getting back to the taxis, I didn't, when I decided to, things, the cars got a bit older, rather than sell the cars, I branded them all yellow and red. Yeah. And what I do is I just park them around this Dublin. Yeah. different places I have a guy who does it what we call it, he shunts it from A to B <laughs> and he gets a few bob from me for doing that and we just put them everywhere now it's pretty, particularly good at the weekends where you can use the loading bays yeah. like you can go into a loading bay at 6 o'clock on a Saturday and you can be there till Sunday evening <laughs> you don't have to pay any any <laughs> charges now we've been clamped a couple of times and what I do is I leave the cars clamped on the last minute because that even gets more attention yeah, yeah, Now, yeah. there's a Mattress Mick car clamped. Clever, yeah. You put it up on social media. <laughs> you, have, you have 23 hours to pay the fine. <laughs> and they, they throw it away. But you learn all these things. And this is where I, my guerrilla marketing. Yeah. And I call that, that's what I call it, guerrilla marketing. Yeah. Anything for a bit of publicity, no matter what it is, I will do. Yeah. And it, it's paid off. It really has. Of course. Then... Their whole purpose of mattress make is to sell mattresses. Yeah. And people are becoming more aware nowadays of how important a good night's sleep is. Yeah, I'm always talking about it, Mick. Are always, you, yeah? Always. I said that to you before. I know we, we did a bit of work together on the Dragon's Den with, yeah, with the, the school. Yeah, the college school, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. But I remember saying it to you as well. I'm always talking over the, over the years with my clients, just members of the gym, people in general, when they're stopping, you're talking to them and they're wondering why they're not able to lose sleep. Like, obviously, hormones, everything comes into it as well. But when you get talking to people, Mick, and I think I was touching on this with you before, people are telling me, I just, I just can't, I keep waking up in the middle of the night. And the last thing they kind of question is the mattress they're sleeping on. And I've said this to you before, and I'm, I, I told you, I'm not just saying it because it's you, Mick. The amount of people that say oh, they're blaming her on, oh, maybe I'm going to bed too early, maybe I'm going to bed too late. Oh, well, maybe it's... Um, every other excuse, but they don't actually look at what they're sleeping on. Yeah. They're thinking of everything else. Yeah. And then when you say to them, what's your mattress like? How long have you got your mattress? Because this is a big one. Not yeah. many people know how long you should have a mattress for right. and how often you should change it. Right. But when you find the right mattress and you do get the right amount of sleep, well, when you find the right mattress, you do actually then get the right amount of sleep. And it's not just... I'm actually asleep for X amount of hours. It's a, it's a nice, comfortable sleep. You're not being woken up 
because you can do all these studies as well. Look, should we have fantastic watches? All the technology shows you how often you actually wake up in the middle of the yeah. night without realising you're waking yeah. up. But how important is a good mattress? Because I'm always talking about it, but I'd love to hear from yourself. Well, I'll put it this way. I think your mattress should be treated as your best friend. Yeah. Right? Now, years ago, the technology in mattresses was quite basic. You had your springs and you had a bit of foam and fabric. Now the whole thing is becoming like a fashion business. Yeah. Uh, the trends change. Um, now, people are also becoming very conscious of, of how important a good mattress is. Yeah. And we get couples who come into the store and they've done their research online as to what is available, first of all, and as to what might suit them. Mm. Now, it's very hard if somebody asks you what is a good mattress for me or have a bad back or whatever. I can't tell you what is a good mattress for you but I can show you five or six di different mattresses in my store or even more after you explain to me what your symptoms are yeah. I would point you into four or five different mattresses of course because everybody is different I would insist that you lie on the mattress which you can do in our stores and before this this um, pandemic and all this other crisis I would also say particularly if it was a lady here I get on the bed with you yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Even the man, doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's important that you lie on a mattress and that you use a pillow. Because a lot, some people just get on a mattress, lie on it, and we all sleep on a pillow. At least most people sleep on a pillow. Mm. So we'll give them a pillow to use. And I suggest, again, if people sleep on their side, where 95% of people sleep on their side, the rest are you sleep on your back or your stomach. Now, I can't. I, I sleep on my side. I couldn't sleep on my stomach, mm. but, and very few people do. But it's important when you're looking at a mattress that you try it in the position that you normally sleep. Yeah. So uh, I will show a customer four or five mattresses. I'll go away, leave them, because people are a little bit shy about yeah, of course, getting on, get a, on a mattress. Well. And particularly ladies, you know, they, they just are a little bit conservative about it. So just leave them alone. If they want advice or if they narrow it down to one or two mattresses, we go and we talk to them and say, right, this is pocket sprung, it's memory foam, there's reflex foam in it, there's heavy duty fabric. We'd explain exactly the components. Yeah. And we also have what they call a, it's like a sample mattress. It's a, just a square. So we can show them how the mattress is actually Yeah, they can made. see the insides of it. Yeah. yeah. And the trend nowadays is that you buy a mattress that you don't have to turn. Yeah. So the springs are at the base of the mattress mm -hmm. and the support and the springs are up to the top of the mattress. So all you do is rotate it. Yeah. And I recommend, and the ma manufacturers recommend, that you should rotate your mattress every season, every four times a year. Very good. Minimum. A mattress should, be, should last anywhere between eight and ten years at, at its prime. Now it depends if you rotate it and turn it or whatever you have to do with it, it'll last a little bit longer. But a lot of people don't bother. Yeah. And if a mattress, the, right, the reason why you would rotate it is, you might be 10 stone, and your partner might be 20 stone. So the 20 stone side is going to drop down. So by rotating it, the springs are getting even wear. Yeah. And it does prolong the life of the mattress. Yeah. But eight to 10 years would be my guideline to a, a, a family or a person. Yeah. Who is no, but I like that as well, the way you say, like, you can't tell somebody, because we do get that, and um, what's the best uh, nutrition plan for me to be on? I can give somebody a nutrition plan that works for them, it doesn't mean it's going to work for their partner, or their brother, yeah, or their sister, yeah. or whatever, because everybody is different, and when <coughs> you say that, okay, well, I have this back injury, um, I sleep this way, yeah, well, here's five options for you, now you go and lie on them, and tell me which one feels more comfortable, because just because it feels comfortable to me, doesn't mean it's going to feel comfortable to you. That's right, yeah. That's the way it works. It's very hard, but it's okay if you're selling a mattress on the phone or online for a spare room or for yeah. for a child. You could nearly tell what mattress to give a child. Yeah. But when you're an adult, you really have to try it yourself. Yeah. You really do. Mm. Because it's so important to your wellness, as in your industry, mm -hmm. your business, all the different things that you tell people. It all comes back to wellness and health yeah. and diet and uh a good mattress and that's that's why I wanted you to come in today for that was for one of the reasons like one because 
we'll get back to your story in, in a minute. You were given a chance from somebody and then you're just a, a grafter. You never stop the gorilla marking you're talking about as well. But the sleep is just so important to all of my members. Yeah. And they just don't seem to realise it. And I am always talking to them. But it's great to have you here to be able to explain a little bit more in detail and the whole procedure, when they come in, what actually happens. Like you're saying about people going in and you're telling them to lie down in the bed, get a pillow. Because you do often see, and, and you'll know this obviously more than me, people go in, they just sit on the bed gently and get off and go to the next bed, sit on it gently. How are you going to know until you actually lie down on it and lie the way you actually sleep yourself? Because right, yeah. there's no point in just getting down and lying on your back if you actually sleep on your stomach or, or on your sides or whatever. And then they have the support and the customer service from you guys to be saying, okay, now I'm going to leave you for a few minutes and let you go and yeah. kind of talk as well. And obviously the, the price will come into it or whatever, but when they have it down to one or two, then you come in and, and show them the inside of the mattress. Yeah. It's great customer service as well. I think that's very important the way you do that, Mick. Well, thank you. It's also too, like when people sit on a mattress, all your weight is in your bottom, mm. you know, your head to your bottom. Mm-hmm. So a mattress is designed to take your weight evenly. Mm-hmm. It's not designed to take it in one spot. Of course. So when I sit on a mattress, it's going to drop down. It's going to crease at the sides. But when I lie on it, mm-hmm. it won't. And you've got to show that to people. And it's very important. And I can show them very well because I, I could do it, lose <laughs> a bit of weight. But it goes right down. When I sit on it, when you lie on it, it's fine. Yeah. And also, it's, it's, it's very, very important. A lot of the mattresses now have antibacterial product, uh, components in it. They're all anti-allergy. A lot of them are the better ones. Yeah. And there's one company that do, um, we say, mattresses with bamboo or with... Um, horse hair, all yeah. these, and these are Irish, mm. and it's great, the whole industry is evolving into a science, yeah. and I think it's great, but we've got to keep on top of it, see, it's like uh, in most businesses, things are changing, and it's important that I myself keep on top, and that I educate my salesmen to keep on top as well. Yeah, very good, and look, yeah. that's, that's again, you can talk about your marketing all day, but it's when you're doing your research on your industry, that's what's going to keep you top of, the, top of your industry. Like, Yeah, and one thing I, I try to promote all the time is I try to sell as many Irish-made mattresses of course. as possible. Well, like, we see that in your social media as yeah, well, always Irish-made. Irish-made mattresses because I'm trying to support industry mm-hmm. or the industry in my country mm-hmm. rather than from China or whatever. Although the components and stuff may come from abroad, there's manufacturing plants in Ireland and there's people depending on me as a retailer and my competitors as a retailer to keep going. Brilliant. And the more Irish products we sell, the better it is for the economy. 100%. Absolutely. I love that. And we get the service, you have a backup if something goes wrong. Like, here's an example. If, if two things. If somebody's in my store and they are undecided about a mattress, like they're genuinely undecided whether they will go for mattress A or mattress B. Mm-hmm. We will say to them, we can't do it now because of what's going on with COVID. Yeah. But before COVID, we would say, right, pick the one, give it your best shot, right? And pick the one you think you like. And if you don't like it after three to five nights, I'll change it for you. Very good. Because it's a totally different feeling when you're under the blankets. Yeah, of than when you're sleeping at, or lying on a mattress in a store. In the middle of now, a store, yeah. We would find, we give that option. So it gives people, as you're spending six or seven or 800 euro on a mattress, you want to make sure you get the right one. So it gives people the comfort mm-hmm. of knowing that they can exchange it. And that says a lot about your business as well. But it you doesn't really happen very often though. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. But that's what I mean. It says a lot about how friendly you guys are and also how much you believe in your product. Yes. Because it's like um, money back guarantee, all these type of stuff. People really believe in their product. And like you just said there, it doesn't really come back very It does. Often. They generally don't. No, yeah. okay, you get the, you get the um, odd one. But you'll know it's genuine. Yeah, of course. You don't offer to every customer. You can see a couple who have difficulty yeah. in deciding. Because you can read your customer. to show you care about the customers yeah, as well. Yeah, well, you do. It really does. You do. When the customers pay the bills. Yeah, that's the main thing. You know, and the customers give you the advertising, mm-hmm. word of mouth advertising. Of course. Which is essential. Then there's another issue too with taking back old mattresses. Like a lot of people would have a mattress in their house. So we, they say, can you take them back? So we, we can do that for people. It's, what, it's a recycling. Yeah. 
Uh, so we, we obviously have to charge them for that. I don't build that type of um, extra into my price. Yeah, of course. You know, because not everybody has a mattress to be taken back. Mm. And generally people don't mind paying it. You get some people who do, I ah, take it back, you know, but we, we will, if there's an argument or whatever, we will do it. But generally people don't mind paying. It's only 25, 30 euro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's good. They're picked it's... up then and they are recycled. They're not just dumped in a field yeah. or in a dump. Course. Where they could take up to a hundred years to disintegrate. Yeah. So they go. There's a company called Eco Mattress Recycling, and they take them away, and they have a team there that they'll take the mattress apart. Very good. And tell me, going forward now, what's plans for Mattress Make? Well, what I would eventually like to do is obviously, I want to retire someday. Okay. But in the meantime, in the not so I'm distant hoping to future. Cr- what? Not so distant future? Well, I'm looking at another three years, perhaps. Okay. I'd like to pack it in. But in the meantime, but I don't want to retire. I'd like to be part of it. Yeah. If, for example, Jerry Conroy decided to buy my business, mm. I'd like to be part of the activity of the of business. Course, yeah. But not the nitty-gritty. Yeah. The marketing, because I just love the buzz of marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. So I'm hoping to um, increase my... Outlets, the way I explained earlier on in the interview, by offering licenses to people. Yeah. I'm hoping to have up to 20 by the end of 22. Excellent. And I've also got one very strong inquiry from the UK, where a guy in London has seen me on social media. Mm-hmm. And he's an Irish lad, but he reckons that it would bomb in London. There's so many Irish over there. And the name Mattress Mick yeah. It's like Paddy. It's, like, it's, you know, it's a catchy one as well. Though. It's a catchy one. So I, that's the way I intend to go forward and uh, do more videos, keep pumping out the um, social media, to talking to people like yourself, mm. uh, and also learning about my industry or more about my industry all the time. It's important to always yeah. keep kind of upskilling yourself within your own industry. Yeah. But I don't want any more shots myself. I've, I've yeah. done that. Yeah, but you're also looking at the, the franchise end of it. Like you're giving other people a chance as well. We to, are, to yeah. Do well, under your name, obviously. And I feel that's very important. You're talking about, like, you obviously support them, and that's part of your deal. But you're even talking about when you retire, you don't want to be hands on, but you still want to be there to support them. That's I do. Very and like, if you bought Mattress Make off me, I'd like to help you develop it to the next stage. Yeah, see, that shows you care as well. I do, yeah. And, like, I've no family uh, who are interested in, I have two daughters, but they're not interested in the mm, business. The business, yeah. Um, that's fine, fine. So I do have to eventually, I think, consider selling it. So if anybody out there would like to buy me, <laughs> there you go. Give us Get a call. Get in contact with Mattress okay. Mick. Or ring Jerry O'Connor. He's my agent. There you go, yeah. Jerry um, Conroy, sorry. And tell me, like, I just wanted to kind of, um, obviously, we're at the listening to the whole story as well. It's, it's fascinating. And what I really like, one of the first things you said, and I, I, love, I love hearing stuff like this, when you came out of school, and you went into the bank. Yes. And you said, this guy, he must have just liked you. He gave you a chance. Fine dial, yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's just, you know, everybody needs that chance. Yeah. And we do see that now. Like, we have the Jerry Connery Fitness Academy. We qualify, or we, we, we have our students, and we qualify them into personal trainers. Yeah. And we give them interviews here, and we try and um, train them up to get a job in Jerry Connery Fitness or in any other gym. Like I know a lot of gym owners obviously as well and I try to pass off our students and make sure they're successful in the industry as well whether it's with us or with somebody else but everybody needs that chance yes and I was delighted to hear you say that oh that absolutely you got that chance it's very important and what happens you're still friend, you're, you're friends with that guy for, for many many years then yeah I was he passed away last year but yeah. he, and he was in his 90s but he we were always together you know in touch yeah. talking and one of the things I enjoy doing and I've been asked quite a lot in the last few years is to give talks to, in schools yeah. um, I give talks to both inter and leaving cert students about about the marketing about how I got my ideas yeah. and about believing in yourself don't be afraid to fail don't be afraid to make mistakes it's not a shameful thing mm. pick yourself up if you do make a mistake but I do ins- try to instill in people to follow their dreams, to believe that they can achieve what they want to do. And if you don't, the first time, try it again the second time. Yeah. Listen to my story or read my story, and you, it works. Yeah. 
where a lot of people don't have the confidence or they don't have the... I don't know what the word is, really. People are afraid to fail so they don't try in the first place. Yeah, but as I said to you earlier, I failed, but I'm not a failure. Yeah, yeah. You know, circumstances... It's very important to understand that. Very, very important, Ger. Because I remember when I started off in, in, in the fitness industry, I was always afraid to fail. Now, I tell people now, don't be afraid to fail, but when you are afraid to fail, like I found this just me personally, when I was starting off, I was so afraid to fail... Like, I barely slept. I was so focused on everything. I just, I was always thinking if I am awake longer than the competitors, you know, I'll always have that edge. And I was, I was because I was so afraid of failing. But you are always going to have moments that don't go right for you or you'll have things that might fail. And it's important to not let it get you down too much to understand yeah. that that's life and to learn from it. And if that, a failure, you need to learn from it. And well, that will make you point. a better person. Yeah. And it will help you in the future as well. So I think it's important not to be afraid of failure. And yeah. if failure does come, to realise that it's okay, it's part of life, yeah. and it's what you do with that failure. Yeah. I think that's well, very important. On, your, on that point there, like when I had to liquidate my Northside Furniture business, I could not understand it. But there was a reason. The reason was there was another plan for me yeah. to be Mattress Mick. If I was still Northside Furniture, I'd be nobody. I wouldn't be sitting here with you. Yeah, yeah. I'd be just another retailer. Of course. But now, I I'm, with respect, I, I'm a little bit of a personality. Yeah. People know about me. And I enjoy that. And I enjoy sharing my experiences. Like it's even meant to be, Mick. Yeah. yeah. But it's hard at the time, when things go wrong, to see why things happen. Yeah, I, I understand. It's only afterwards, you say, oh, that happened for this reason. Yeah. And I know, I know that Mattress Make is giving jobs to people. I know people are learning it from me. I know they learn from this talk. Yeah. I mean, look at what you've got here, Ger. I mean, it's a fantastic gym. Thank you very much. Really unbelievable. And I love the yellow and black. It's really super. Yeah, no, thank you. My brother actually only messaged me recently asking me, where did the yellow and black come from? Yeah, where did, so I was going to ask you the same he question. Asked me, he says, why, why yellow and black? And I was I messing back a few kind of jokes, um, but I but basically I just liked the the combination of the yeah, two. I super. Thought it was just, I thought it looked professional and stuff, but it's on, soothing. Yeah, like I, when I walked in here now, I found this very soothing. Thank you. You know, I'm yellow and red, so I love yeah. yellow. I have McDonald's colours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this really struck me as being uh, very um, relaxing. Yeah. When I walked you. in. And that's the thing, like, I, I wanted it to be like that. I wanted it, obviously, to look professional and to kind of be relaxing and welcoming. Because yeah. a lot of gyms, people have the impression that they're not welcoming, they're intimidating. And, and that's, you can even see the layout. We're at the, obviously, changing it for the, for the reopening after, um, obviously, lockdown. But I want it to be so welcoming and people can just yeah. come in and enjoy it and not be intimidated. And that, that's obviously where we hire certain staff as well to make sure they're the right type of people to fit the model as well. I know, it's really... Blows me away now, I must oh, say. Thank you very much. But I, I do just want to touch on what you were saying as well about all of that, like the liquidation of your company, and that happened for a reason. Yeah. And straight away I thought back to a time where I, I wanted something um, just before we opened Jer Connery Fitness, and it didn't happen. And like it was a, a business opportunity, it didn't happen, and I was heartbroken over it. And my wife said to me at the time, what's meant for you won't pass your boy. That's right. And it's at the time, I just didn't want to hear it. Yeah. I was like, I just kind of ignored it and later on we were talking and she said it again, what's meant for you won't pass your boy. And I said, will you stop saying that? It just put me in bad form, to be honest yeah. with you, Mick. Yeah. And now I look back and I've said it to her many times since. I said, you are, you are very right there, you are dead right because I'm, I'm happy with what we have now. Yeah. And obviously we're, we're still only, like I'm in the industry 16 years, the gym is, Jericho Only Fitness is only six years old, but we're only getting started as well, you know. But I always remember her saying that and I just didn't want to hear it at the time. Well, yeah. She was very true. I was yeah. very right. I believe there's a path for everybody, you know. Yeah. I really do. Um, sometimes you don't see it until you're actually on it. Yeah. But it's hard to see. You're talking about you're liquidating your company. No one's going to see it then, Mick. No. But you coming out and being so open about it and speaking about it, if that happens to somebody, hopefully it doesn't. And if it does happen to somebody in the future, they'll be able to remember you speaking and saying, well, he was rock bottom. And look what he went on to achieve. I did a talk one time in Wheatfield Prison, right? Mm. They invited me up to do a talk to 23 inmates, right? 
Now, in that room, there were two people who were there for murder and other crimes, and I didn't know who was who, right? So I spent an hour and a half talking to them about opportunities, about, again, believing in yourself and about whatever. That was three years ago. Since that, I've had four of those people contact me to thank me for the comments, the encouragement and the support that they got from that chat. I love that. I got so much pleasure out of that. You know, and so much satisfaction to think that four people have benefited. And one of them keeps in touch with me all the time. Fantastic. It is. It's great. I never even asked the men what they were in for. didn't bother me. Hmm. It could have been one of the men for murder. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But they came, and that means an awful lot. That's fantastic. I yeah. love hearing stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's well, what it's about. Sorry, Jerry. That's what it's about. Business, people. It's not all about money. Yeah. Not it's about helping people. Like, yeah. only yesterday, I was on the phone to another gym owner. He, he rang me, asked me opinion on certain things, and I was delighted that he was asking me, you know. Yeah. But um, this is what they're for. We're there to help each other. Yeah. In... In industry, like whether whether you're in the same industry, whether you're not in the same industry, everybody should be just helping each other. You went into a prison, spoke to people, yeah. and you're at the helping. Yeah. Probably more than the four, but the four of them reached out to you. Well, yeah, I don't know. I you know, know that's fantastic. And I wanted to say as well, I spoke about it's important, and everybody needs that opportunity, and everyone needs to be given a chance. But I also want to say on that. I don't want people to get this wrong and they just say, oh, well, I need a chance. I'm 18, I'm 20 now, I need a chance. Who's going to give me a chance? You have to be a grafter. You have to have that work ethic. And you did at the time, and maybe that came across in your interview at that time. You can tell when someone is, is a grafter and someone has got that um, about them that they just want to be successful and they want to help people. Mm. And I'm sure that came across in your interview. We do see that all the time with people, and that's when you have to give interview someone a chance. Interview with the bank, man, is it, or... Sorry, when you were with the when you were in the bank that time, yeah. I'm sure it came across like that. Yeah, I hope so. I must have done something right for the man anyway. Yeah, you know, like he, we had a guy in for an interview. We had a number of people in for an interview a couple of years ago, and one guy stood out at the time. And he he, I knew by him. I knew this guy. He's he's the right person. He, he's he's very good person, he's going to care about the members, he obviously has the qualifications that's needed, and I knew by him he had the work ethic, but you obviously don't know until you get them in, and I, yeah. I, I explained to him how it works here, and the opportunities that could be here, but you, ha you have to earn them as well, and it was one week, it's Kieran, he is, he's a, he's a manager now with us, it was one week before he was officially with us a full year, I always remember this, and he was given the manager's role in a Ratau gym. And I had explained all this to him. I said, if you come in and, and are as good as you say you are and you work as hard as you say and you're going to care about the members, because to me that's very important. The staff have to really care about the members. It's not just come in, make a few quid and go home. Because the members, if without them, there wouldn't be any of this. Yeah. And great work ethic. Really good lad. And he helped, and he is still to this day, helping Rato to be the success that it is. Right. But... I use him as examples now sometimes to the academy students. He came in and he, he got that for himself. I had no option but to give him that opportunity because he earned it. Yeah. You know? well, the two things there, you've recognised his talents and his dedication. And, you know, you took a view and you were right. <laughs> he also gave you a very strong impression of himself. Yeah. So it's a two-way yeah. two thing. Yeah. But I think when you're in business... Yeah, you're a little bit, you have an eye for things, you know, you have a, a second sense. Mm. Somebody is going to, or something is going to be right. Hmm. Or yeah, I wrong. understand, yeah. You know, uh, yeah, you know I'm trying to get across. Yeah, you won't always be right, but mm. I understand what you mean. Yeah, yeah. you get a view, like, even if we get a customer into a store, and we know that she's going to buy, and we know what we can say to her. Like, sometimes you can say the wrong thing to a customer, they take offence, like... You lie in the bed with your missus or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know the people you can say it to. Of course, yeah. Now, I've made one or two mistakes, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, and it's about having the crack as well. Like, yeah, you know? I think you can read, people in business can read people. Yeah. Well, you have to. Yeah, of course. You have to. I would not like now to be working in the bank. I would not like to be what I call a suit. Yeah, yeah. And even the me suits either. now... Look at me, I'm in shorts Even and a the suits now are not wearing ties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where years ago they would wear the tie. Yeah. But the people I call suits would be 
you say people in the banks or yeah. insurance companies. They're not street wise. They're not like me or you, mm-hmm. where we've had to fight our corner. Yeah. They are a protected people. Yeah. And I, I would not like to be in that situation. I like the challenge of being of the unknown. Yeah. What's around the corner? Of course. I love that. And can I ask you before you go, Mick, um, mattress, Mick, I know now why you're explaining where that all came from. Yeah. And you wanted to kind of, it was obviously for financial reasons, you didn't want to have to pay somebody or you didn't at the time have yeah. the finances, but you wanted it to be personal as well. Yeah. Because obviously my gym is Jer Conroy Fitness and I have my reasons for that. Yeah. But why did you want your name to be on it? Because people do ask me, why did you choose Jer Conroy Fitness? And I remember when I first decided on it, I wasn't going to call it Jer Conroy Fitness because I just didn't want my name to be over it. But I remember saying it's a gym and gyms are intimidating and I want to have a certain type of gym that everybody feels welcome and every member of staff that always works for Jer Conroy Fitness even if they weren't the right person, that will always come back on me because it's not just called Dublin Fitness or wherever, you know? Yeah. And I will always, because my name is on it, I'll always care about it. Yeah. And I'll always make sure everything is done the way I feel it should be done for the members, not for, the, for just the staff, but for the members. And that's why I basically put my name over because I, I wanted to always be accountable for everything that went wrong because I'd always take the blame for it. Yeah. Because even if I don't do something and something happens within the company, at the end of the day, I need to obviously oversee it. But I want to make sure that we have the right people. Even the way the layout is, it suits the members. It's not about what I want. Like some of the machines in here wouldn't be my favourite yeah. machines, but we have them because the members want them. Right. Because it's not about me, it's about them. But that's why I put my name over it because I wanted to be able to be responsible for anything that went wrong. Do you, do you know what but I mean? It's not my name, you see. Mattress Mick, is, I'm Michael Flynn. Yeah. So I but you're, need... But you're the image, you're, you're the, the face of it, I should say. Yes, I so am the face is of. that part of that? You wanted to take responsibility for everything and you wanted people to see that it was a personal touch from you because like, that's what I wanted yeah. myself? Two things. Uh, I wanted to sell mattresses. Yeah. So I needed, like I had a business when we were at the drapery store in Pier Street. It was called Flynn's, Flynn's of Pier Street. Then it was, I had the Northside Furniture. So I could not get out there myself because mm. Northside Furniture is known, and it was known as Northside Furniture. Yeah. So when the opportunity came due to the liquidation, I wanted to sell mattresses. So to me, that was important that you had the word mattress in your yeah, name. Yeah, of course. And Mick, it just, just rhymed. Went well. Just went well. It just rhymed. So it was my mattress Mick is Michael Flynn, or Michael Flynn is mattress Mick. Yeah. And Michael Flynn's personality can be put out there to the Mattress Mick identity, if you know identity, what I mean. Yes. If I was known as, if the shops were known as Michael Flynn Beds, it wouldn't work. Mm. It's just a quirkiness. But to have your image on the posters, do you uh, feel that it is more personal? Absolutely, than yeah. I'm not hiding from anything. I'm putting yeah, my face exactly, out there. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and people come up and say, oh, hello, Mattress I don't care what I call you. I call you a mattress. Call me a mattress like. You know, call in and make a, make a buy a bed. But no, I see where you're coming from, but I think it's important, as you said there, I, I wanted to be associated with the, what I was selling. Yeah. I could have called it, it could have been Mattress Paddy. That's not my name. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. You know, we have one guy we call him Bunk Bed Paddy. <laughs> I oh, know, that's great. I, I hope that answers that question. But that when I seen the images as well, I was yeah. wondering, was it important to you that you wear the face of it? Not for the fame as such, but more for just to kind of be responsible for everything. To be responsible, and it hadn't been done before in Ireland where yeah. somebody had put themselves out like I did. Yeah. And that has helped. Now, there are some imitators out there at the moment trying to be imitators, but they'll never catch up with me. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to let them, because I'm totally... In, immersed in what I do and in trying to keep my brand and, number one and that's it and that's what I was talking about earlier you were given the chance but you're a grafter you, you had failures you came back you had more failures you came back you just don't stop Mick no. you're, all, you're still thinking of the future and you're even talking about after you retire you're still going to be involved in somewhere yeah. your work ethic is unbelievable 
and I have to congratulate you on that because that's fantastic. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you very yes. much. Mick, thank you very much for coming in today. I really do appreciate it. I really enjoyed the chat. I, I knew, obviously, a lot of your story, but I'm delighted and I hope many people hear this as well now. And uh, I'm just I'm delighted. Thank you very much for coming in. Grand, thank you. And one thing I'd just like to finish up myself, it's a long story. There were bits I couldn't include uh, or I'd like to expand it. But I think and I hope that the whole mattress maker Michael Flynn thing was understood. Yeah, no, it gives a great picture and I'm sure everybody will be uh, more tuned in with exactly what, where your journey was, where it is now and, and now we're to talking about the future as well. And so, if you need a new mattress, anybody, you know where to go. Exactly. <laughs> Again, just before you go, give me all the locations, mattress Mick. Well, Coolock, Pier Street, Nace Road, Drogheda, Waterford, Carlow, Ross Gray, and coming soon, Athlone, Dundalk, and hopefully London. And God knows what else. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mattress Makers. Okay, guys, there we have it. That was Michael Flynn, a.k.a. Mattress Mick. I really enjoyed that conversation. He's such a genuine guy, a gentleman, very down-to-earth. I'm so blown away by his work ethic and the guerrilla marketing, as he says. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember, if you are enjoying this podcast, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and all the audio platforms. Share it on social media and tell your friends and family. Have a good day, everybody. Take care. This is the Jerry Conroy Fitness Podcast. Podcast. For more, see jerryconroy.ie.